back to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast brought to you by GeekLegacy.com. Justin and I are here. Happy Independence Day for those living in the Americas. If you are not, happy Monday. Uh, Everyone hopefully had a great weekend. Uh, Obviously, Justin and I are here to talk about some video game information and some fun stuff out there and dissect all the juicy little details. But first, how was your fourth weekend, my friend? It was good. I didn't do anything. I my family came over on Saturday to celebrate my birthday, so that was awesome. But then yesterday, on the actual 4th of July, I literally did nothing. I just sat in front of my TV <laughs> on the sofa and just plowed through um, The Last Dance, the documentary on uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls' uh, run for a second three-peat championship. It was incredible. All right. Not too shabby. Hopefully Doggo took it okay. Yeah, yeah. She she barked a little bit, but then once I locked her inside, uh, she just passed out. So she was <laughs> she was good. Thank you for asking. Like father, like daughter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, starting off on the news stories of the week, uh, you and I, Justin, always clamor about how much we love Grand Theft Auto Five. Cannot wait to get our hands on future installments of the Grand Theft Auto franchise. And depending on your stance on the whole thing, this recent leak that came out might um, agitate you just as much as it excites you. And we'll explain why in just a second. So this is all not confirmed by Rockstar. So take it for as it is. This is probably the equivalent of, oh, I have an uncle that works at Nintendo and he's going to tell me this game's coming out in two years, whatever the case is. But if you are to believe this information, the next Grand Theft Auto GTA 6 is going to be a pretty big one. It'll be set in a modern day, and the primary reason behind it is Grand Theft Auto Online. Rockstar wants to have as much freedom as they can in GTA Online DLCs. And if you still play GTA Online, they are releasing content seemingly every month. It's absolutely absurd how they're still supporting this and still making money off of it. Obviously the alleged map is going to be vice city and it isn't going to, and uh, it's going to be pretty big, but it isn't, it's going to be expanding with new locations being added every single month. And it's going to be changing Uh, the people that are writing these leaks and posting videos about it are akinning it to Fortnite and how it's just going to be a new type of season. If you would every single time throughout the years with various different DLCs, game obviously in the very early stages of development you're gonna have the return of multiple protagonists with one of them being female she's supposed to be the smart one of the group and able to do all kinds of different hacking so we'll see how that goes into it um the leakers also believe that the game is going to be released around 2024 2025 for a couple of different reasons (laughs) citing rock stars focusing on employee well-being uh you and i have spoken a lot about how Crunch time means something completely different for Rockstar than other companies. Current gen PC only and cryptocurrency will somehow play a part in the game. So that's interesting. I guess I need to read up on what Dogecoin and Unicorn coin and Bitcoin and all that other stuff. You just (laughs) own a digital card of the game. It's not even real. It's not even mine to own. I just own the card (laughs) of it that says I own it. (laughs) So stupid. So it's a pretty big leak. There's a lot of information on here. Again, Rockstar has neither confirmed nor deny any of this. There are job postings on various different Rockstar websites stating that they're looking for marketing people to do campaigns specifically for live events. Um, That's all they really say about it. But a lot of people are speculating it is going to be 
their next project. If even half of these are true, Justin, are you excited more or less for Grand Theft Auto 6? Or are you just you hear the name Grand Theft Auto and you're already buying it day one? Sure. So, I mean, I'm definitely it's a day one purchase for me. Um, I knew I felt like it was always going to be a thing uh, based on the success of five and how it just keeps getting released. And it's like literally the number one like medium sold like ever <laughs> in the history of time. So, I mean, uh, it was expected, but I'm a lot like um, Robert De Niro and meet the parents when he has a pot of soil and there's a, a bulb for a plant that's going <laughs> to grow eventually. Uh, right now I'm just looking at a pot full of dirt and I don't even know if I have a pot full of dirt yet. It might maybe just the idea of a pot full of dirt. Maybe just a pot. And I'm just waiting for it to grow. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to to more news. Uh, that first trailer is probably going to blow us away. Um, and and I think it will be really cool. It would be even more awesome if somehow they were able to incorporate the trailer into GTA Online to where you go into like a movie theater or something and then you're able to watch the trailer that way. Like it's like they don't tell anybody that they did that, but it's there. And then mm-hmm. eventually someone will stumble upon it and that would be awesome. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, online is online is still making pretty decent money for Rockstar. Again, um, they're releasing free content every single month, but it's just the in-game purchases, the aesthetics, the vehicles, all that stuff that you can do. I know I've re-downloaded on my Xbox and PC and have been debating about spending the twenty thirty dollars just for the in-game money so I can get the high rise and, you know, kind of kick off where I left off on the PlayStation four days. But yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Because like. I feel like cars cost like $1.5 million now for like the cheap ones. So <laughs> In the game, kinda, you're not wrong. <laughs> so I think it's kind of crazy. I don't remember it being that absurd. I felt like I had a pretty awesome like uh, garage with all kinds of cool stuff. But when I popped it out the other day, I just felt like I was broke and I had a million dollars in my bank account, but I couldn't really buy anything that I wanted. So I think uh, there are a couple of sneaky sneaks and now it's all about buying the shark cards and getting the monies to have even more cooler stuff. And uh, it kind of was a bit of a turnoff for me because I felt like I was just some, some poor boy in my penthouse that couldn't do anything. I don't know if you got the same vibe, but that's definitely where my head's at. I was very excited when I got to my first million in Grand Theft Auto online. It lasted all of two minutes because of the clothes and the guns. I'm like, oh, my God, this is ex- an expensive town to live in. I know. <laughs> I'm going like to move out in the desert with Trevor. <laughs> right. Living in his RV. This is so crazy. I don't. I didn't like that. I was like, I have all this money and it's not even enough. I can buy a pack of gum and maybe something else, and it sucks. Yeah, only in a Grand Theft Auto world can a car cost twice as much as property. Right, and then they have a casino, right? So then you you lose all your money in a casino, and then what are you going to do? You're going to buy more shark cards. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Someone is a genius. <laughs> They're making lots of money from it too. Yeah, it's a lot. It's funny because I've also tried to jump into it recently and there's so much new content. It's almost overwhelming because not that the game wasn't shy about sending you push notifications every 10 seconds of people wanting you to do missions and heists and stuff like that. Now I've got in-game characters calling me every two seconds and 
even if I hang up, they're calling me back in the middle of a mission saying, oh, hey, I own the casino. Come to the casino. And then there's a 20 minute cutscene that ensues because they're telling me basically I can work for them and do all kinds of other stuff. There's just so much content in this game now. I feel like I need one of those uh, Prima strategy guides. Where do I start? Right. Yeah. Um, How do I earn like an honest living? Exactly. It's just too much. I was I was overwhelmed for sure. I went inside the casino and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then I didn't know what to do. So I'm just like standing there like an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, don't mind me. I'm just, I'll take my free drink now. I'm playing. I promise. Yeah, yeah I just uh, want to set it up so I can do the four heists, but I can't seem to get there because there's so many other things to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's too much going on. But uh, yes, definitely excited for six. And uh, I'm curious if um, when that happens, if if six has its own GTA online mode or if they are just going to continue the uh, ecosystem of the current GTA online. I really hope that GTA six online, let's just say, has a way to sync everything up, because as it stands right now, I have four different variations of my Grand Theft Auto online character on different consoles because each console is its own island in a sense, if you want to look at it that way. So I would love a account based system where I can log into my Xbox, play online, drop out, log into PC, pick up right where I left off. So that way I only have one character, one account, and I'm not running thin between all these different consoles. Mm -hmm. At the very least, that's what I would like because this current version of online is still making so much money as we've been talking about it would make sense for this to continue on as it is. And then for them to say, okay, here's GT online two. There you go. All that hard work. is just down the toilet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and to move on. We'll go to another city. My empire destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I'd be okay with that. I mean, at a certain point, it's just, I, we're at the point now where we can't get back into it because it is too much. Whereas if it were a brand new uh, game, then it wouldn't have all this stuff from the beginning and we could grow with it. But, you know, I stepped out of the game for a couple of years and now I have no idea what to do. I'm so lost. I'm like this. I can't play this right now. I don't have that. I'm not in the right headspace to enjoy this experience. Whereas if it was back to its bare bones days, then I could get a little bit more joy out of it. There was a new game mode, which was very similar to Fortnite. You dropped in on the map and you had to collect weapons and vehicles and just take out the other team. Uh, that was a lot of fun, except for the fact that when you play it on console, it takes 10 minutes to load each match. So I would love the notion of a GTA online that takes very minimal loading times, especially taking advantage of the PC or the PlayStation five and Xbox series X hardware, where these games instantly boot up within seconds. So that's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, based on this leak, it sounds like if to be true, we're going to have an evolving map um, throughout the year. So the game isn't going to stay the same, you know, from if you play it day one versus day 100, let's just say, which is kind of interesting. That sounds more like it would be online than the actual campaign, though. I can't see the campaign going that crazy. But then again, Rockstar knows what they're doing and they create amazing worlds and universes with their properties. Would you want to experience something to where let's say that you're in the game and you break the law and then the police get you and then you have to go to prison and then you're stuck with all these other assholes in this in this video game prison for 
in game time, we'll say like whatever a month. And so it might take, you know, like a week or something or, or maybe four <laughs> days to get out of jail. But then when you go back, maybe, uh, you know, your your house is all destroyed or your car won't start because the battery's dead. Just dumb shit like that. It would be really fun. Um, I would like the notion of some type of evolving game where, I don't know, um, I know like they have it in the story where you kill this one guy and now you're doing missions for this other guy because he owes you type of thing. But it would be kind of fun if you had the note like a like any other RPG type game. If you just decided I'm going to kill this main character over here, that has some in-game consequences to it. Or to your notion, like if I do get thrown in prison, I would like the idea of, OK, cool. So you can pay the fine to basically respawn and get out of here. Or you can try to break out of prison and cause a whole, you know, yeah, prison right. break. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's silly. I, I guess I can't get too ambitious. Otherwise, you'll have a cyberpunk on your hands. and That'll be a problem. <laughs> that's true. I mean, as long as the game doesn't crash on me by the title screen, then I think I'm OK. Right. I saw that GameStop had I got an email this morning from GameStop saying it's like a deal of the day and it's only $18 for <laughs> for cyberpunk that's so sad yeah for uh, the playstation 4 version that cd project red even says don't play it on that <laughs> right so crazy well i mean yeah because there still isn't really a the the current gen updates is coming sometime 2021 right in the back half of 2021 like you before yeah we'll see hmm. all right well there you go gta 6 one day Right now, it's just a pot with dirt. 2025. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway, Ghost of Tsushima, the director's cut, will launch on August 28th for $70 uh, on the PlayStation 5 and $60 USD on the PS4. This game came out about a year ago. And uh, probably my game of the year for last year. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. But the director's cut includes the full game this time. <laughs> For once, they'll have a full game, right? And it's then <laughs> it's got the uh, the Iki Island expansion, which, which includes new story, mini games, enemy types, and more. Uh, Legends online co-op mode, a digital mini art book by Dark Horse, director's commentary. The creative team sits down with a renowned Japanese historian to look at the world of Ghost of Tsushima and how it compares to real-life events that inspired it. So that's exciting. Uh, you will also get one technique point which is fantastic to have right from the get-go. Uh, you'll have a new charm, which is cool. Um, Hero of Tsushima skin set, which includes a golden mask, sword kit, horse, and saddle. Now, just real quick, I got like the collector's edition, and it came with, I think, a couple of different horses. And you get to pick your horse at the beginning, which is kind of cool. So um, more horses, the better. You're going to become uh, in love with your horse. It'll become a part of you. Your horse master. master. Yes. Uh, dynamic 4K resolution targeting 60 frames per second. Experience Ghost of Tsushima like never before with new 4K resolution options and improved frame rates requires a compatible 4K TV or display. So if you are in the market for a new TV, uh, definitely check the reviews on how it handles um, 4K. I mean, most TVs these days, you can get a pretty awesome deal for 4K resolution, but where the the HDR comes into play. It might say HDR on the box, but then when you go to play it on your console, it might not work or be compatible 
with that functionality. So just double check before you make your purchase. Um, fast loading, take advantage of near instant load times with the PlayStation 5's console ultra high speed SSD. Japanese lip sync, enjoy a more authentic experience with lip sync for Japanese voiceover made possible by the PS5 console's ability to render cinematics in real time which is amazing. Haptic feedback, master your blade through the DualSense wireless controller's immersive haptic feedback. Adaptive triggers, enhance your accuracy with a bow with the DualSense wireless controller's adaptive trigger resistance and 3D audio. Heighten your awareness by hearing dangers from all around you in 3D, um, which is super cool because the, um, I remember we sat through one of those amazing Sony PlayStation uh, 5, like, uh, press conference type deals and they were going on and on and on about audio drivers and how amazing it is. But this is one of those times where all the garbage that they were spitting out in that conference is going to make sense and come around full circle on your amazing uh, stereo headphones. So yay for that. Uh, if you in, if you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, you can pre-order an upgrade to the director's cut for only 20 bucks. This upgrade will become available starting on August 20th, as well as if you bought the director's cut for PS4, you'll be able to upgrade to the director's cut at PS5 at any time for $10. So PS5s are hard to come by these days, but let's say you do buy it on PS4, and then for Christmas, you get a brand new shiny white PS5 for $10 more boom, you can upgrade. And then you can also upgrade directly from your original Ghost of Tsushima PS4 to Director's Cut on PS5 for just $30. So a lot of options, all of which cost you money, but you have yeah. a lot of options. <laughs> None of them are as simple as putting the game in my console and playing it. <laughs> I will say that as someone that played the just the, the a la carte version that came out last year, I was blown away. I absolutely love this game. I do think that it uh, took the console to the max. It is uh, probably one of the most beautiful games I've ever played in my entire life. And I did it all on a launch PS4. And I was literally blown away. Absolutely breathtaking. Enjoyed the hell out of it. So um, if you want to take that a step further, by all means do so. But if you can get the game in the bargain basket for $20 right now, then it's an absolute steal, and I guarantee you will enjoy the heck out of it. Now, when you say you were blown away, is it because your PS4's fans were running on double overtime speed and the jet <laughs> engine was taking off? No, my PS4 <laughs> is running flawlessly, and I have never had a problem with it. Every once in a while, when I go to turn it on, I get like an orange light instead of the blue light, and... I got to sit there and just kind of mess with it and turn it on, turn it back off kind of thing. But um, I've never had any weird sounds or crashing of any kind on my PS4. I had to play The Last of Us 2 with headphones because my PS4 was running so loud at the time that it was hard to hear anything in the room, but also kind of added to the experience. And probably got to crack it open and, and clean it out. Maybe it has just a bunch of dust in it. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. I think it's just that game and everything that was running. And this is an old, old PS4 as well. Not like a, you know, version two or right, anything like pro, that, or even a yeah. PS4 pro it's an old PS4. Yeah. So there you have it. That's a, it comes with a lot. That's a heck of a value. Uh, but again, if you already, uh, if you're just not interested in the director's cut, I can tell you that the launch version of ghost of Tsushima is incredible and you will absolutely enjoy it. 
yeah, this will give me an excuse to actually play the game in August. So I am looking forward to that. Boom. There you go. Can't wait to hear all about it. I will do the $70 PS5 version. Make it nice and simple. No upgrade purchases required. Right. You do that. Yeah, this game has gotten a lot of accolades. Uh, looks awesome. I want to talk to you and ask you about these upgrade things here, though. Do you feel like there was an easier solution or do you feel like this is just it is what it is and we're not going to see upgrade versions of games very often because more and more people are getting their hands on current gen consoles? Yeah, I do think uh, this is kind of the la- this is probably the last of the upgraded sort of titles that you will be able to do this with. Uh, just it just seems silly to me, to be honest with you. I think maybe it should have been uh maybe a $40 game instead of a $70 game. If it's already been out uh, just to kind of eliminate the whole idea of, of upgrading. Um, but that's just me. I, I get it. They want to keep the lights on and it's got to pay the studio and feed the monkey yeah, and course. it all makes sense. Um, but I do think that having a $70 game is a bit steep on something that's a year old. Uh, you can call it a director's cut if you want to, but um, all that tells me is that you had a better idea for this game and you decided <laughs> to chintz out on it and release it a year early. Well, and it does come with the Iki Island expansion, which essentially is DLC. So you can right. think of it as I'm getting the full experience of the game plus new stuff that hasn't come out before. It is a little convoluted in that I can buy the game right now. Like you said, for a, I can dive into the the bargain bin, find the game. I can upgrade it for $20 on my PS4, but then I can also upgrade it again to the PS5 for an extra $10. So either way, I'm spending anywhere between 20 and 30 bucks to get this Mm. new improved version. Right. And I I think maybe just my mindset is that typically a year after a game comes out and there's like some game of the year edition or a complete edition or something like that, it usually comes with the DLC that came out uh, during that calendar year. And it's already a cheaper price. You know, the the early adopters paid their $60 for the game. And then some of them may have paid an extra 20 bucks for that DLC. And now you get it all for like $40. But I mean, it is pretty silly. And um, I don't know if selfish is the right word, but um you know, the idea of of paying relatively $60 is still a bargain. I, I took this snapshot out of a game, out of a magazine the other day that was like uh, on posted on Twitter. And like uh, it was a Super Nintendo ad. And basically like Donkey Kong Country was $80. Killer Instinct was $88. Uh, Earthbound was $90 for crying out loud. Um, so, I mean, even, <clears throat> excuse me, Tetris and Dr. Mario was $80. Um, so, I mean... It's a steal, regardless, paying $60 for a game. I just think that this precedent has been around for so long where a Game of the Year edition comes out, and it's already $20 cheaper than what the original launch title was. So to me, it just seems weird uh, having it as an upgraded experience for a full price uh, on the PS5 just seems silly to me. Yeah, and for retrospect, like Mass Effect Legendary Edition was a $60 game where you're getting three games and all the DLC that ever was included for the Mass Effect franchise. Now, granted, it's an older, these games are much older than Ghost of Tsushima, so that part kind of makes sense. But to your point is 
you buy the game of the year edition or legendary edition or some upgraded version of it, it's the same price as one game, but you're getting everything in there and not having to pay $5 here, $5 there for an upgrade or for something else. Mm-hmm. But what I mean, can you do? Well, I'm going to buy the $70 version on August right. 20th. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even mean to come off as complaining. I mean, I paid a lot for my collector's edition of the game and I am so glad I did. I love it. I think it's so badass. And I played the game and it was worth every penny. I, I couldn't say enough good things about the game. It's absolutely amazing. Um, it just seems kind of weird to market it at a full price mm-hmm. game on a new console when someone like like Xbox is just doing free upgrades constantly. You know what I mean? But buy the game I, once I, and that's it. Yeah. And like maybe it's it's dumb of us to even compare the two anymore. You know, Nintendo's always been its own standalone thing where it's they can charge whatever they want for their games. That actual Nintendo games almost never go on sale. They're always $60 games and they're only competing with themselves. And that's fine. And maybe we need to stop comparing Xbox and PlayStation. They're doing their own thing. Just like we don't like to compare uh, PCs and Mac, you know, uh, Apple can charge $1,200 for a computer. That's probably only worth about 300 bucks. (laughs) And it's absurd. You know, it has like 128 gigabyte SSD. Whoop-de-doo. I have like a, a flash drive on my desk right now that's bigger than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it comes with like eight gigs of of, of RAM. And whoop-de-doo. That's nothing. And so they don't care, though. They're going to charge you $1,200 for that MacBook Pro. And people are going to pay it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe we just need to look at Sony as Apple and and they're their own standalone thing and they can do whatever the hell they want and i shouldn't complain or make observations about it (laughs) you can't compare apples to pcs man it's like apples and oranges exactly and i think that's where we're going i mean (laughs) it's it's literally absurd to compare the two when they're so different well and it's really funny because there was a Twitter post from yesterday or two days ago, and people were trying to also justify what what makes sense for a remastered or a director's cut or all that stuff. For the example they brought out was uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which comes out later this month, is a full priced game of something that came out years ago. There's not a whole lot of quality of life improvements, even though they just put out a trailer showcasing what is different about it, but it's largely the same game. You're not getting new content with it. You're essentially just buying it for a fresh coat of paint. So it looks a little bit nicer to play on your switch versus you look at the halo master chief collection. And for one full priced game, you were getting damn near every halo game in the franchise remastered all in this one amazing bundle, which probably is one of the best gaming deals to date. And if, You own an Xbox, you should have that game, whether on Game Pass or physically own it. And they were trying to compare the two and just say it makes no sense how this is $60 and this is $60. Like there's no quantified reason to say what is and isn't a $60 game, a $70 game, 80 blah, blah, blah. I've always been okay paying a little bit extra for director's cut for collector's editions, things like that, especially collector's editions, because they usually come with a bunch of extra crap and i always enjoy the extra free crap to go with it but mm-hmm. eh, it's also just a weird transition because like you said we're 
PS5s, Xbox Series Xs, and Nintendo Switches. You've got two consoles that can basically compete with PCs when you think about it, and then the Nintendo Switch. They're totally fine releasing Animal Crossing updates every single month for the dawn of time because you're going to play Animal Crossing. Not me. My island is on fire, I'm assuming, and the villagers <laughs> rioted. I don't want to go in there at this point, but uh, I hope that makes sense. Like We're just in a very weird transition period of the new consoles, this current generation. Yes, the game is a year old, and in retrospect, you might not be getting a whole lot out of it, but there's going to be people like me who are going to experience this game for the very first time. So it makes sense why you would charge the full price game. Right. No, that's that's true. That's very, very true. Crazy, and again, crazy. if you want to just upgrade it, it's anywhere between 10 to $20, depending on how you have the game and where you want to get the game. Right. Or I think it was... Uh, you can just upgrade directly from the PS4 to the PS5 for $30. So instead of paying a $70, $70 for the game, mm-hmm. then you can just have it for uh, $30. Bucks. And all your save progress transfers over. So that's also kind of a fun tidbit. Yeah, that's cool. My goodness. No Grand Theft Auto I, online here. <laughs> I do think the documentary is pretty cool. I remember the God of War games used to come with uh, a disc that had DVD content to watch how they made the game and everything. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's really neat. for that. There were definitely some neat things on there. Um, I just remember like really being enthralled about how they used cutscenes to hide loading times. Because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't the actual game director, but it was like one of the tech directors saying, oh, if we just didn't have cutscenes, you'd be staring at a blank screen for minutes on end. And that's why some of these cutscenes take a while because we're loading other nonsense in the background and doing all these little tips and tricks to make it seem like things are happening, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, once they figure that out, then it's so cool. I would rather look at my character crawling through a cave, but thinking I'm doing something when really it's just loading something on the back end. (laughs) I think that's genius. (laughs) I love that. As soon as I have to set the controller down, I lose my immersion. So exactly. And I think um, to your point, like Jedi Fallen Order, I think that's something that they use too. how you had to crawl in a lot of those like really tiny spaces Mm -hmm. and move back and forth. I think they used a lot of those as like a hiding point for load times, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that I've been playing Mafia, the definitive edition, and there's a lot of times where I have to wait on an NPC to walk to me. And I have a feeling that that is the loading. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, run, dude. <laughs> you, you're walking a little bit too slow for me. Well, you're in the mafia. Just pop a couple of slugs into his kneecaps and just say, well, took too long. Yeah. No, right. Be totally fits in. Yeah. Johnny Tightlips over here. Yeah, exactly. That game is kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. It's it's a little bit cheeseball, but. Um, it was on sale during like the steam, uh, summer sales going on right now. And so I picked it up and I, and the thing is like, I already have mafia two. I got that like in a humble bundle. And it, uh, there was a time where if you owned any of the original versions of the game, you got the free upgrade to the definitive edition. So I already have the definitive edition on my PC for mafia two, but I saw it was on sale for 20 bucks on amazon on xbox one so i was like fuck maybe i'll just get it on that but then i checked the steam summer sale and it was the same price so i was like all right fine i'll just buy it on, <laughs> on steam and then mafia 3 was on sale for eight bucks on xbox so i'm just like ah, fuck, what do i do so uh but apparently no one really likes 
Mafia 3. It just gets very repetitive. And so I'm opting not to play it. And I'll just do one and two. And I'm halfway through the first one already. The irony here is not lost on me because we're both talking about how upgrading a version of a game and what justifies a $5 versus a $20 update. But yet you and I will gladly spend money to buy a game on the newest console that we have, even though we've already played it a hundred times right. to transfer that over <laughs> yeah, for convenience, man. Like I really want wind waker to come out on switch. So I don't have to hook up my Wii U or my GameCube to play it. And <laughs> I know that that sounds so stupid, but um, I'm here for it, man. Like I'll totally do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, just play it on your PC too. Wind waker. Do one of them emulators. Oh, yeah. I guess I could. They're technically legal, technically not. It's a weird gray area. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I just somehow, like with my PC, it's cool because I can look at my TV and have something on playing in the background, or Alex can be on the sofa watching something while I'm playing a video game. And then same goes for the Switch. I can just be in handheld mode and enjoy myself sitting on the sofa while I have like the office on or something. And that just makes for a much more comfortable gaming experience versus me sitting upright and attentive and playing on my sofa, playing an Xbox game. So, I mean, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to be all in. I just don't want to do it on a past console. I want to do it on a current one. (laughs) Yeah. You bring up a really interesting point. Like I've gotten to the point in my life where I need to be doing, I need to be multitasking at all times. If I'm watching TV, I need to be doing something on my phone or my laptop or tablet. Like I technology has ruined us. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> I know. Like I think of um, in back to the future Two when Marty jr sits down and that giant screen of like eight or nine TVs goes down. He's like, you know, I want channel three, 17. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, we don't have it as multiple TVs, but we definitely have multiple devices. Um, which is pretty absurd. I wouldn't be surprised if one day our phone can do some sort of uh, multi-split where we can have be watching multiple YouTube videos at once, you know, <laughs> or have like Netflix, some sort of picture in picture option. In picture in picture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love to, while I'm trying to find something to watch on Netflix, if that, if the menu had a picture in picture option to where I could just have something on that's streaming <clears throat> for background noise while I'm trying to find something to watch. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, I know the Xbox has a feature, particularly with football. Um, I think if you have like the Game Pass subscription, you can be watching the game, but then on the side, it'll give you updates as far as player um, stat updates, announcements, news, and things like that. And it's mostly for those that are really into fantasy football because when you play fantasy football, you're kind of watching the game, but you're mostly just refreshing your phone every 10 seconds to see how your players are doing and how that's affecting you in the long run. So I know they have some features like that that are really cool. And then there's also NFL Red Zone where you literally have on your TV seven games, eight games playing simultaneously. And if anything happens major in one of them, it kind of like zooms in a little bit like, okay, cool. 30 yard pass. Great. Zooms back out. Now to my regularly scheduled what's happening here. It's so funny how this has all ruined us like that. It's it's a brave new world. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I do like the idea of only having one device. If if that's my phone, that is now uh, a TV, an iPod, um, uh, a computer for typing up Word documents or looking at Excel spreadsheets. 
you know, I don't need to go to an airport with a laptop, with an iPod, with my phone. I can just have my phone and basically be able to do a lot of work from it. You know, we cut out the multiple devices, which is huge. And I don't know if we'll ever get there with video games anytime soon. But if the Switch had had Xbox hardware in it, then we'd be pretty goddamn close. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting one step closer to it because Xbox uh, Game Pass cloud streaming is now available for pretty much everybody. You can play Xbox games on your PC, on your phone, tablet. Uh, somebody tried doing it on their MacBook and it did not look pretty. So <laughs> your, right. your thing earlier about comparing Macs and PCs, there's that. But, you know, a, a company like Microsoft is definitely trying to make the Xbox more of an experience and less of a console experience. Game Pass is the prime example of you get the Game Pass subscription. You can literally play this stuff. It's what Stadia was supposed to be just actually working and better and had real games uh, backing it. But I just love the notion that right now on my PC, I can start playing a game. I could, in theory, pick it up and start playing it on my phone. And some games have touch controls on there, which is kind of cool. Untitled Goose Game worked fairly well on my three-year-old Android at this point. Right. Well, what do you do when you want to play a complicated game? Do you got to get like some weird controller thing that, you that get one of those adapters yeah. to your phone and you look like a real asshole walking down the street with your your makeshift Xbox controller? Is that how that works? I mean, the funny thing is I can I can sync up my Xbox controller to my phone and just play it that way. You know, I can just have it sitting in my lap. But ideally, yeah, you would want to have one of those adapters. To then it weighs 50 pounds and then you get all tired <laughs> playing it. Oh, it's ridiculous. I was going to say the one I think Razer makes where it kind of just looks like a Nintendo Switch that you put your phone in the middle on. Right, right. No, totally. And like, I mean, there's there's been an incarnation of that for a while now. You know, there was like that one wiki tablet thing that didn't really take off. Um, there's There's been interesting devices like when the Ouya was a thing to try and have some fun controller um, or the... Uh, the NVIDIA shield or whatever the hell that thing was. Uh, so they're, they're trying to figure it out. But for me personally, I would rather just play my bejeweled games on my phone and leave <laughs> the complicated stuff for my controller and in my home. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the cool things about the switch games is that I can play Mario golf, but at the end of the day, I'm really only pressing two buttons, you know, like an A and a B, mm. uh, and it makes it a lot easier because even that with the switch being you figure your buttons are somewhere in the neighborhood of like eight to ten inches apart from like where the thumbstick is um and so even that's kind of hard being that far away from each other whereas in a traditional ps4 controller and xbox controller you're it's more like an ergonomical compact. approach. It's compact. Yeah. So I do think that that alone, maybe I'm just getting older, but I, I do <laughs> feel like I lose something with my uh, reflexes when my hands are just a little bit further apart. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's kind of where I am at. It does. I would love for you to try and pick up like an old NES controller today and play a game and see how you feel about it. Cause I recently took, um, I really recently picked up a N64 controller i just looked at this thing and go how the hell did i play with this thing ever <laughs> yeah it's pretty ridiculous especially with fighting games because you use the d-pad instead of the uh, analog stick and your hands just feel a little bit further apart too it's just mm-hmm. kind of weird 
Like, what do all these C buttons do? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway. My C goodness. buttons, you got a Z button all the way back here, a little trigger <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah, I have one handy. Let's see. It's so funny to go back to old consoles like that yeah. and just figure it out. So I have one right here. Look at that old guy. Yeah. It is crazy. And then when you put the rumble pack in, it's like 50 pounds heavier. It's just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I need like a TV tray to, to play this thing. So oh, I got to the point where I could not play without a rumble pack. The controller just felt like it was going to fly out of my hands. It was so right. light. It's like when you uh, when you play baseball and you have the weight on the bat mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you take it off. You're like, wait a minute. This is different. <laughs> Or going to lift the milk carton and there's like only a little bit of milk in there and you just kind of like <laughs> fly it out. Yeah. Like, well, I'm really strong. I should be. A Holy singer. crap. <laughs> I've been lifted. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Director's cut. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> August 20th. Do it. Good stuff. Uh, next story. Moving on. Sure. Cool. Well, PlayStation Studios officially announced a new entry into their whole family of studios. Uh, House Marquee is joining House Marquee. It's Q-U-E. I go House Marquee. It's French. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Maybe it's Italian like Fragile. (laughs) Right. Uh, Housemark, known for Returnal, Resigun, Dead Nation, Super Stardust HD, and many other titles, officially joining the PlayStation Studios brand. Obviously, this just means that they're going to have that fancy new little intro at the beginning of their games. Means that they are officially a first-party studio in the hands of Sony. And Returnal is doing really well. A lot of people seem to be enjoying that game. I have yet to pick it up, but I know a couple of friends who are it's r- tough to describe because they're frustrated at it because they keep dying and things keep resetting and changing, but they're loving every single second of it. So there's all that, but congratulations to them. And if again, since this is a leaky episode of the pixelated podcast, blue point games is possibly next on the docket for PlayStation studios. Wow. So that would be a pretty huge get for them too. Absolutely. The, um, I remember Resogun. That game was pretty badass. I uh, I got that on PlayStation Plus at the PS4's launch, and I played the shit out of that game. I thought it was so fun. I believe one of them was a PlayStation Plus release. I could be wrong. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was that okay. one was. Yeah, that's how I got it. Um, but I enjoyed the heck out of it. I thought it was so much fun. Because it's like a, it looks like a 2D, but it's not. It's like a like a cylindrical 3D mm-hmm. environment, and the music was really cool. And that was my first experience of hearing sounds come through the speaker of the the PS4 controller. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, it's talking to me! What's happening right now?" Yeah, that was so cool. Woke up my wife with that because I didn't realize that was the case. So I had my headphones on, <laughs> and the the controller starts talking at me. And of course, by default, it's set to 11. Yeah. It's loud, <laughs> but it was cool in GTA back to GTA when you get like a phone call and stuff and it comes mm-hmm. through that like it's an actual, you know, mobile device. I thought that was pretty neat. So it scared the shit out of me the first time I heard it. Yeah, so loud. Like, dude, I can't can't concentrate with all these phone calls going off all the time. 
especially when you play games, not even a horror game necessarily, but any video game where you turn the lights off and you have headphones and you're just like dead focused, like all your other senses are rerouted to your hearing and your vision, because that's the whole point of it. And then this loud ass speaker pops up, which is only two feet away from you. And uh, it's definitely one of the most scarier moments of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Blue Point Games, they've done some crazy stuff. They did the Demon Souls uh, remake. It's pretty awesome. Shadows of, Shadows of Colossus remake. Um, a Titanfall port. The Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Uh, so, I mean, they bought the God of War collection. So they do a lot. They, they excel at... Uh, Porting and remaking games. Yeah, which is uh, which is very interesting when you think about it. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, why would why would Sony want them as a first party studio when they're making when they're redoing everybody else's? It just makes you think. Yeah, now they can just go by say they have a robust catalog and say, what are we going to remake next? <laughs> <laughs> Blue point, you're on it. <laughs> Something to consider. So, so Ghost of Tsushima remake confirmed. <laughs> remake director's cut, cut again. <laughs> the re-recut. Yeah, sliced and diced. Yeah, it's really interesting because with all with all these different studios shuffling around, um, there's also apparently some talks that Hideo Kojima is signing a letter of intent with Microsoft to be I heard about that. Basically, he's going to be a first party developer with. Um, Xbox moving forward, which I'm just looking forward to more Kojima games that are not Death Stranding. I would love to see what else he's got in store. I know he's still trying to work on his Silent Hill project, which would be very, very exciting if he was able to pull that off somehow. But yeah, just very interesting that studios are just gobbling up developers and directors at this point. Yeah, that would be crazy. Because uh, I mean, with Hideo Kojima, then you could tap into you know, this Japanese market that is no, virtually non-existent when it comes to Microsoft and Xbox. Yeah, that'd be a huge win for them. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. I'll take it. I'm curious how much uh, truth there is to that and what we can expect if that is the case. <laughs> you know, how, how long do we have to wait for the next Kojima game. Is it going to be competing with GTA 6 in 2025? <laughs> or are we going to get something sooner? I mean, it's already, we're already halfway done with 2021, which is absolutely absurd to think about. I think that mm-hmm. is so crazy. The the cur- now current gen of consoles came out in November of last year. And, you know, we're already seven months in. And uh, that's just crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine? Kojima signs his contract with Microsoft and director's cut metal gear solid (laughs) five only available on xbox (laughs) yeah oh my gosh can't imagine that just sounds like a licensing nightmare well that's uh one way to get steven to buy a new xbox (laughs) say that much (laughs) yeah i mean you bring up an interesting point because you know i have an xbox you have a or i have the series x and you have the ps5 and uh, my selling point, which is Game Pass and just the idea of the backwards compatibility and how easy it is. And um, I just decided to go with Xbox first. And it's the idea that now 
Bethesda is going to have these console exclusives. You know, that's one of those things that says, okay, well, now I have to buy it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, just adding to that uh, exclusivity is certainly a powerful marketing tool to get people to purchase your console. I mean, that's stating the obvious, but I mean, we're starting to see it now, um, which I think is a big deal. I mean, it's just the very idea of someone like Kojima only making Xbox games going forward. uh, That is enough to make you go out and buy one. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the golden age of cinema when you had actors and directors signing contracts with like MGM and Universal for 10, 15 pictures like they worked with that production company for all of their movies. And it was a big deal when they signed a contract with another one. I guess maybe it's more like athletes in a sense. Um, just interesting how games are kind of going in that direction when we were so far away from that direction for right. so long and many different platforms. No, 100%. Well, cool. Uh, speaking of game pass, uh, we got some new games coming in this month. You have Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling, which is July 1st, which actually reminds me, this is so uh, kind of off topic, but not really, but Spore, if you ever played that game, it is available on the PC version of Game Pass. Uh, that game's kind of hard to come by these days, but it is part of the EA Play, and it is available on the PC version of Game Pass. That's the one where you build like your weird alien viruses creatures? and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, I haven't seen this game in forever. Uh, I almost downloaded it, but then I just kind of forgot about it. So I'll do it after this podcast. Um, oh, yeah, I just want to throw that out there. I almost posted it in our Discord, but I, again, I forgot. I got distracted. Michael Jordan. I had to watch uh, The Last Dance. Uh, you you took that Gang- personally, did you? I, I did. Uh, Gang Beasts, which is also July of 2021. Immortal Realms, Vampire Wars. Ooh, the vampires are at war. Uh, Limbo. I don't know if you've played this, but that game is nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. should definitely check it out. Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Game which I didn't even know was a thing until we started recording this episode. And then Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, that is kind of says PC release August 18th, 2020. Uh, but we are just now getting it over on uh, Xbox on July 27th of 2021. And uh, that game is pretty remarkable. So if you have any inkling, you don't have to be uh, a super mega pilot. You can do your your loop-de-loops and your your flippity-flops and you're flying all over your your neighborhood out in the middle of the desert you can do what you want um you can you can have it set to where you got to press every single button in the cockpit or you can just take off and go so uh play how you want just have fun with it i like the one button one button flies all right <laughs> autopilot i'm gonna go watch a movie right. <laughs> I'll, I'll let just me know like a like. real pilot <laughs> <laughs> Uh, continue to the root. Uh, so there you have it. Game Pass. Check it out. I just downloaded like some snow. It's like an ice road trucker game. I forget what it's called, but I can probably <laughs> is it just out. ice road trucker because I think that was a game. It's like it's called Snow Runner, and I saw it was on Amazon for like twenty five bucks, and I almost bought it. And I was like, you know, what? I bet this shit's on Game Pass, and I looked, and it was. So I I had that downloading whilst I was watching. The Last Dance documentary. <laughs> True story. Uh, so now I got to play it. But it looks kind of fun. I like the idea of hauling my load in, in, in treacherous areas without actually being in treacherous areas. So I was going to give it a go. 
Sounds like you're pretty close to starting up a uh, farming simulator Let's Play series on YouTube. I have, I have downloaded Farming Simulator, but I've never played. I was worried that I might have to like kill animals or something, so I decided not to play it. It's not that type of farming. It's more of like growing wheat for the animals. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If I had to like go to a slaughterhouse <laughs> and select animals and kill them, I was going to be really depressed. Uh, the last time I was at E3, I interviewed one of the game's directors for Farming Simulator 15. Yeah, 15. Still having the shrink wrap, too. Imagine that. And I asked him, like, OK, cool. So what's new about Farming Simulator 15? The guy goes, well, the Lamborghini line of products are available to play with. That's about <laughs> it. Like, Sweet. This is the quickest interview ever. <laughs> One question, one answer, in and out in five minutes, got a free game out of it. Nice. Now we're talking. I just yeah. love that response. Like, well, there's a new car you can drive. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the Mercedes of of weed killers, and it's gonna be amazing. It'll protect your crop. Yeah. Still never played the game. Yeah, I haven't either. But I'm excited to play SnowRunner. I'll check it out and let you know how it goes. All right. If I see you coming in a trucker hat at work later this next week, um, we know you've gone a little too far deep. Right. Got my, my Peterbilt. <laughs> I have a Peterbilt shirt, actually. Come in doing your best Hank Hill. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at the Farming Simulator games and Farm Simulator, Farm Simulator 17 has like this red vehicle on it. 19 has a green vehicle. On it, but the Switch <laughs> version of 20 has a green vehicle on it, too, that matches the exact same one as that's on 19. So I would think that you would want to differentiate just a little bit more so people don't think that they got the same game. I don't know how much you can do. With <laughs> yeah. Farming equipment comes in red and green. Now, listen. <laughs> I am not the one that's going to go out and do farming on my own whim, but it's very difficult to make farming seem interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, man. Not my cup of tea. Well, then here's Farming Simulator 22. It's just a teaser with a hat in the snow. <laughs> oh, my God. In the snow. It's getting getting rough. Yeah, you're going to have seasons now. Oh, my gosh. Pass. <laughs> How will I ever get my rutabagas? <laughs> yeah, not a fan. Get my rhubarb. Anyway, so there you have it. Um, is that it? Are you playing anything right now? Just out of curiosity. Uh, yeah, I am finishing up Mass Effect 1 for the dozenth time. Uh, oh, man. So I, I posted this on Twitter and I got a funny story to tell. So I had basically beaten the final planet, was about to jump into like the final couple of hours of uh, Mass Effect one, but then I had glitch after glitch after glitch with, which I thought was really weird because the game was running smooth all the way up until then. And then one of the glitches actually prevented a certain event from happening, which meant a character then died in game. And as if you know, if you play Mass Effect, like all this stuff ties into two and three and all of it has a reason at the end. So mm -hmm. I got so annoyed. I was like, I don't want this guy to die because it's not my fault he died. It's the game's fault. I had to reload a save, but I didn't have any working saves from four hours earlier. So I basically lost four hours of gameplay just to save this one asshole. I hope he appreciates it. And I hope he understands what I went through to keep this man alive. <laughs> How are you liking the changes to Mass Effect as far as like 
uh, gameplay wise? Didn't they make it to where like the controls are all the same across all three games and uh, things of that nature? Basically, is it a a much smoother experience for you as someone that has played the first one a dozen times? Hundred percent. Basically, the gameplay is what Mass Effect Three was in terms of combat and selecting abilities and party members and all that it's much nicer um i like that they did away with the whole your party members have actual health in the first one and it's more of just like a bar with shields and stuff like that so much smoother um again i still haven't gotten into two just yet but i imagine it's all going to be the same in that regard and there's also a couple of missions that not that they played out differently, but like you had kind of slightly different options and the dialogue was a little bit different. So it is kind of nice to pick up on some of those. Mm-hmm. I do wish, though, the biggest complaint I had about one is because you have to scan so many different planets. There's no indicator saying like, oh, you've already scanned this galaxy at 100 percent. You're good to go. Don't you don't need to come back here. They started doing that in two. And I wish they did that in one because I'm pretty sure I went to the same planet over and over again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because you have to scan planets in two as well, right? That's like the thing. It's like a requirement or something. Yeah, and in two, it's a lot less cumbersome because it's literally just probe the planet, scan the planet, done. If it has a mission on it, you'll know about it. You can land on it, do what you have to do from there. Whereas one, you have so many planets that you can, you know, ride around the Mako in, which is still a god-awful device, (laughs) but... You have that, but like I said, there's no way of showing that I've gone to this cluster, these planets, and I've already right. scanned all this stuff. That's too bad. That seems like a, a major oversight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Maybe the developers have the same platform. Just like, let's just get through one so we can get to the meat of two, because Mass Effect 2 is still like one of my top five favorite games. Can, you can you can skip one if you want, though, right? Like, can't you do like the comic book to where you're able to just kind of make a couple of the key decisions to where it will have an impact on uh, the first one? I know three was like that. It's like, hey, if you haven't played one or two, flip through this, choose your own adventure <laughs> kind of book. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if the Legendary Edition does that. I know like the Sony version of Mass Effect 2 and 3 did that because one was on a publishing uh license with microsoft so that's kind of how they got rid of like or not got rid of but that's how they kind of the work told the story of mass yeah. effect one um i will load up a new save in mass effect 2 and try that just to see because i'm curious yeah. now i am too because I, I would skip the first one if i could <laughs> i mean the first one has some good moments and it's just if you didn't have to explore every single planet if you're not if you're a completionist like me you're going to have a bad time. Right. <laughs> if you're just burning through the story, not so much. Right. And I mean, if you want to have some sort of relationship and rapport with the characters, uh, let's say if, if, if Chuck gets killed in two, you might be a little bit more sad about it. If you got to play as Chuck in mass effect and not just mass effect two. I will say this when I got to the point where you save either Ashley or Caden in Mass Effect one, no hesitation to save Caden. Ashley can rot. <laughs> you see now you everyone else gets to make that decision too. correct. I always felt bad in the in the Walking Dead games where I had to decide between an A or a B. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then you have like 10 seconds to decide. So it's not like a real it's not like a traditional video game where you can pause and kind of like 
weigh it out. It's like, crap, I need to decide now. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bar that's going by. Like, the clock is ticking, my friend. I'm like, uh, how about you both die? And then I'll just tell everyone I tried. <laughs> and then after a few seconds, the bar just completely disappears. Like, I don't know how much time I have left. Just pick one. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's an interesting point because I feel like the as it got to like that last like 20 25 percent of the bar all of a sudden it was just gone i i think it was a lie and i don't like that i was like i don't know i thought i had another second or two to decide but i guess not oh well what can you do well kenny's dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> what can faster, you do i guess <laughs> anyway all right well i'm gonna try and finish up the mafia definitive edition for the next time that we record so i can give you my full report on how i enjoyed it or not so far it's pretty fun so well good luck with your mass effect trilogy i hope that uh, you are on too by the time we record again me too yeah and uh, everyone else Thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Pixelated Podcast. Uh, remember to check out the other podcasts that we have. Of course, there is the Don't Be Crazy with uh, Mr. Zachary Rancourt talking about movies and what makes them amazing or just a pile of rubbish. And then you also have the Geek Legacy Podcast talking about everything in the realm of entertainment news so long as it falls under the geeky umbrella. Uh, last week, we had uh, quite a lot of news to cover and we plowed through most of it relatively quickly. So check that out. And then we also have the Escape Pod podcast where we're reviewing uh, each episode of Star Trek The Next Generation in order. And we are on episode 17. Uh, We were tied, eight good and eight bad. And now we are moving forward and very excited about that. So be sure to check that out as well. Uh, Also, remember to follow Stephen K. Janes on the Twitter there at Stephen K. Janes. And then if you want to follow me at Edgy Armo, where you can see all kinds of fun, adorable animals fall in love with on a daily basis Uh, in the meantime stay safe get your shots and uh, you keep rock and rolling baby thank you so much